welcome back to Sad Girl Energy with Bria Hebert. I'm your host, Bria Hebert, and this is a podcast where we're busy doing sad girl shit. Someone reminded me of a detail that I forgot to mention. I wish I mentioned this in my diary entry about spending Valentine's Day at the Hollywood Improv. Someone asked me if that was real. Yes, it was real. But I forgot that when I got there, one of the comics made me dog sit for him when he was on stage. So he had this like small dog in one of the like carrying kennels and he was like getting ready to go on stage and he was freaking out because he was gonna have to leave his dog. He asked me if I could watch his dog because everyone else was like getting ready to do their set and I was just watching and like... man asks me to dog sit in front of Neil Brennan like I feel like such a fucking loser (laughs) and like I wasn't going up so I had no reason to say no I couldn't just like say no I'm not gonna dog sit for you because then it's like what you don't like dogs and then like everyone's definitely gonna hate me so I was like sure I'll watch your dog for you so then he just like plops the cage down right in front of me and is like telling me what to do with this dog and I was like you're literally gonna be up there for like 10 minutes what could possibly go wrong. I did it. Everything went fine. He was very grateful. He like thanked me like 10 times and I was like, yeah, it's no problem. Like, don't worry about it. Then he took his dog and he left. I forgot to write about it in my diary entry because I totally forgot that part of the story. I guess it would have been weirder if he just like left the dog there without saying anything to anyone or acknowledging it and just went on stage, did his set, took his dog and left. They were very clearly a package deal though. Okay, honestly, all I have to talk about this week is tennis. I got really into tennis this week, which is kind of weird because tennis used to be like a trigger for me. My mom has been watching tennis nonstop for like the past 10 days. She's been watching the Australian Open. I've actually also gotten really into it. I feel like I'm honestly doing some form of like immersion therapy. So that's cool. It kind of feels like a two for one. It distracts me and I'm becoming mentally stronger because of it. But I was watching Serena Williams versus Naomi Osaka and in the middle of the game, I realized I will never be as good at something as Serena Williams is at tennis. Like I will never be the Serena Williams of anything besides honestly maybe late night eating because I'm so good at that. Although I haven't been doing it lately, which sucks. It's like I realized that in my mental health journey, which I know it's so lame to call it a journey, but it kind of is. So I'm just gonna say it. All I'm doing is like slowly taking my coping mechanisms away from myself, like shopping and late night eating, which honestly makes me feel like I'm free falling. (laughs) But I'm like stripping myself of these coping mechanisms, hoping that that means I'm a better person. Okay, so I completed my two-week shopping challenge. And then a couple days after I completed it, I went vintage shopping and I picked up a couple things. But I only spent $54. And I haven't bought anything since. I haven't even gone shopping since. I haven't looked at anything since. Is this literally what you're supposed to do when you're enlightened? Are you supposed to just like take away all of your coping mechanisms? And just like exist with yourself? Because that does not seem fun to me. That's not something I feel a particular desire to do. I actually don't think I'd be better off that way. 
Anyways, I was thinking about how good Serena Williams is at tennis and how I will never be that good at something. But I like don't think it's our fault because society doesn't actually allow us the time that we need to figure out what our one thing is. Like I believe that everyone in the world is really good at one thing. I'm not saying that all those things are going to be positive. Some could very well be negative. But there's one person out there that is like the best at something but we're not given the opportunity to discover what it is. So then we end up just working jobs instead of having careers and we get trapped in capitalism. Anyways, because most of us never discover what our one thing is, we're never able to reach our true potential. Serena Williams is lucky. She discovered her true potential. It's tennis. So she was able to become the greatest possible at that thing. But since we're always all trying different things that could be our thing, we don't get the amount of time that she dedicated to tennis to dedicate ourselves to our own thing. And that's why we never truly reach greatness. And that's also why I can't get a job. Look, here's the thing. I was working three jobs before the pandemic started and I went back to work for about two months in the summer into the fall before everything shut down again. So I want to be working but jobs don't exist apparently. I think right now my dream job would be to be like a TikTok researcher where I basically just watch TikToks to gather information about trends and popular creators. I gather data and study TikTok. Right now that would be my dream job because it would combine the thing I do most, which is watch videos on TikTok, with um, money. And that would be really nice for me. Anyways, the match got really existential for me when I started thinking about what my Serena Williams thing is and how I'm going to discover it and how I'm going to refine it to be the best I can be and how no one wants to hire me because I think specificity is key. You have to find a really niche thing to be good at so that you can be the best person at that niche thing because you have to compete against less people to be the best. Okay, I used to like have these periods where like one week I would like think I was the best person ever and then the next week I would like absolutely hate myself and now I feel like that happens daily like it's more like on an hourly basis I switch between like a god complex and um wanting lip injections do I think that most of my problems would be solved if I got lip injections absolutely did I get a quote for $525 for lip injections yes Am I going to get them? No, because I'm committing to saving money, so I'm not going to allow myself. But also, if Canada's vaccine rollout keeps on going as slowly as it is, I might actually just get lip injections, just get something injected into me. So it's like, what am I doing with my life? And I literally have forgotten how to answer an email like a normal person. I get like three business emails a year. Like, aside from my agent emailing me, in terms of like actual business opportunities, I never never get them. And I don't expect to. I'm like so new in comedy. But I got an email last week and I answered it and I read back my response and I sound insane. Literally at the end of the email I say, I've been having a bit of an existential crisis like everyone else who's trying to figure out what to do in what feels like a never-ending pandemic. Exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark, best 
Bria. That's like, I'm not going to read the other part of the email because it's not interesting. But <laughs> that was how I decided to end an email to a person I've literally never met. And I was like, okay, you need to get your stuff together because that can't happen. I just think that if the constraints of capitalism didn't exist, like if we weren't forced to focus on productivity and on maximizing output and on these disposable industries, then we'd actually be able to focus more on our passions. And I think that productivity, although like the notion itself would have a different definition, productivity would flourish because people would be passionate about what they were doing. So they would be creating for their own joy as opposed to creating for capital. Now, I'm gonna say when it comes to like deep communist theory I don't really know anything so I'm sure like an 11 year old on reddit could like totally read me out over what I just said but I think that there's like some validity to it and I think that it does kind of make sense if you're like a communist let me know what you think of my theory Maybe we should name my theory. If you have a name suggestion for my theory, let me know. I would love to know what you think. So yeah, I watched a lot of tennis this week. It's like way more exciting than I thought it would be, but also it might just be because I have literally had no form of entertainment for like almost a year now. So almost anything feels better than being. Again, I've probably said this alone with my own thoughts. Like I think if I could like rip out my own toenails, but like actually feel mental peace in silence, I would do that. If I had the choice to rip out my toenails for an hour, I would choose that if it meant that for one hour I could be in a true meditative state without thoughts. And I hate feet. I hate feet so much. I think they're disgusting. Like even Ryan Gosling, his feet are gross. I don't care how hot you are, feet are gross, your feet are gross. Look, the return on investment would be crazy and the benefits would far outweigh the cost. If I could be without my brain for an hour, that would actually be the greatest gift that I could ever be given. So yeah, anything that like distracts me that isn't an unhealthy coping mechanism was amazing. And tennis has been that. Okay, my sad girl shit of the week is texting. I've been so bad at texting lately. I know I joked that if I had a signature sent, it would be, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I thought I answered this. I'm not lying when I say that. I... I'm so bad with my phone. I'm addicted to my phone. It literally feels like an oxygen supply. Like my phone is a metaphorical tank of oxygen and it must be on me at all times. Being on my phone feels like photosynthesis feels to plants. That's how I get the energy to grow. But also somehow I still have not developed the ability to respond to a text message in a timely manner. I actually have every intention of answering. I'm not even lying when I say this, but somehow on my way to open a message, I open 10 other apps and then it's two hours later and I'm like, where am I? Who am I? What day is it? So yeah, sad girl shit, being bad at answering text messages. Okay, so we're halfway through this episode. Well, probably not halfway through, but anyways, I'm realizing that this week's topic is really communication and how to communicate how you're doing and how bad I am at communicating. I actually don't like communicating because it involves talking about my feelings, which involves acknowledging my feelings, and that's not fun. So instead, I either like to ignore my feelings until I start crying uncontrollably and randomly in front of my friends and make everyone uncomfortable, or until I call my mom crying and accidentally eat my own snot because I'm a very wet crier, or if I'm feeling frisky, 
I'll just not talk about how I'm feeling and I'll subconsciously subtly do things on social media that signify that I'm losing my mind until someone asks me if I'm doing all right, at which point I'll lie and say I'm doing fantastic and they'll say they don't believe me and I'll say, well, could a depressed person wear the same outfit for five days straight? And they'll say, yeah, that's literally the definition of being depressed. And I'll be like, okay, so we're on the same page. And the entire experience is confusing for everyone involved, but that's just the way it has to happen sometimes. I am trying to improve my communication, like being more direct and upfront with how I'm doing and feeling. I'm starting to tell my parents how I'm doing every day. Bleh vomit. I hate it. Being vulnerable is stupid. I'm just gonna let all my feelings eat away at me. But my mom could tell that I was kind of down this week, so today she made me do errands all day with her. That's basically what she's been doing for years. She thinks she's doing it secretly, but I did figure it out a while ago and just never told her. Like, I know what she's doing. Uh, when she can tell I'm in a rut, she'll take me out for the day with her and the sense of accomplishment and fulfillment that I get from completing all the tasks with her gives me a little kick in the butt that I need to get back on track. I pretend like I don't know what she's doing but I'm fully aware of it and it did work but I also need to continue to get out of these phases myself because like I can't rely on my mom to do it for me. I forced myself to communicate something that makes me vulnerable every day to someone close to me or someone I care about as an exercise to normalize the feeling of being vulnerable. Don't do it. Okay, actually you should do it, but it's hard. Just like I oscillate between a god complex and wanting a new skin suit so that I can be a different person, I also oscillate between wondering if being vulnerable is actually necessary to being human or if the best thing to do is just pretend like I don't have feelings, emotions, or reactions. The jury is still out on which approach is better. Like, are we taught how to communicate? I don't think we are. I wish there was a course in school where we learned communication skills, how to vocalize our feelings, how to be comfortable sharing our thoughts and needs. Maybe this is just something that women need because men share their thoughts all the time even when they're dumb but instead we learn algebra and I'm emotionally stunted but I could tell you all about the war of 1812. Like if I had a communication class in high school I probably wouldn't have sent that unhinged email. Like I would love to take a course on how to socialize because I don't think I've ever had a normal conversation with someone I've met for the first time. I always bring up a controversial topic. Like there was a period when I was probably 24 where every time I prayed with my friends, we would get into political discussions and we would do this at other people's houses, at priests that we weren't even really invited to and just showed up to. We would often call out men for their terrible opinions and gang up on them and drink and scream. I have no regrets about it. There was also a long distinct period where I would bring up various failed UN missions um, at different pre's, mainly because when I was living in the Netherlands and studying Dutch politics, I learned how ineffective the UN can be. Anyways, I was on TikTok today and I know I talk about TikTok a lot, but I'm honestly not gonna stop until the app is banned. Remember when Trump tried to ban TikTok? I feel like that's the only thing that he would have actually gotten impeached for. Like the real evil stuff he did, he'll probably never be held accountable for by Congress or the Senate. But if he banned TikTok, everyone would have voted to support impeachment. Because we all know that the current political trend is politicians using social media and TikTok to seem relatable, young, and cool. 
Anyways, this TikTok that came up on my feed was this white guy with dreads who was talking about this powder that you can buy to open your third eye chakra. And honestly, there's nothing that deters me from a product more than white people with dreads endorsing it. So I think I'm actually going to keep my third eye closed for the time being until I actually learn what a third eye is. Now it's time for Dear Diary, where I read you real excerpts from my diary. We get deep, we get personal, we laugh, we cry, we wonder, what's wrong with her? Dear Diary, there's a new moon, yet I still have my old depression. Weird. One of my friends did a rebrand on her business social media and the reveal date and time is the only calendar reminder I have in my phone this month. I need to stop tweeting at 1am. Men who hate me are my kryptonite. I'll elaborate later. Love to you and me, Bria. My self-care purchase of the week. Again, not a purchase. I'm just going to change it to self-care tip of the week because that way I can continue to preach my communist manifesto of not buying into wellness and capitalism. Even though, let's be real, I'm not a perfect example of that. But I think if we strive for perfection, we don't challenge ourselves to become better because we're too afraid of failing. But I'm accepting that I'm probably going to fail and that's okay. So, self-care tip of the week. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, I don't want a self-care tip from a girl who started a podcast and I understand that and I actually really respect that. So yeah, feel free to ignore my advice. Stare out the window at least once a day and disassociate and pretend like you're on a beach in the Bahamas. I just like to do that like 10 minutes a day to strengthen my will to live. This is a literal panna cotta, like do whatever you got to do to get through it. It's never ending. If you need five gin and tonics a week to not Instagram stalk the emotionally distant skateboarder you were into before this pandemic started, you should just do that. But also on the other hand, it's like if I give myself a gin and tonic, I'm probably going to stalk his Instagram regardless. So I guess then the question becomes, is that an activity I want to do drunk or sober? Do I want to stalk his Instagram slightly buzzed or completely uninhibited? So then I make myself a gin and tonic. Look, these are the things I think about. Why is it that sometimes I'm happy when I'm busy and then why is it sometimes when I'm busy I'm the most unhappy? Probably because it depends on why I'm busy. If I'm busy doing something I'm passionate about, I'm happy. If I'm busy but doing something that's not fulfilling, I'm unhappy. Okay, you know what? That one was actually way easier to solve than I thought it would be. Okay, maybe if I I thought about my thoughts like if I analyze them for like two seconds instead of just letting my emotions propel me in 10 different directions a day I would probably feel better I can't tell if this is a breakthrough but hopefully it is I've been very emotional this week I can't really explain it I don't really know why it has not been enjoyable I'll tell you that I tweeted this but my two moods are crying and wondering why everyone isn't in love with me and that's the frequency I've been existing at this week so now we're going to do Ask Like or Anything, my favorite segment where you get no bullshit, legitimate life advice from my youngest sister, Allegra. She's not going to lie to you. She's not going to sugarcoat it. She's going to tell you how it is. What do you need her help with? Let us know. I'm going to put an Instagram poll up in a couple days to get more questions. Also, this is why you should follow me on Instagram. If you listen to this and you don't follow me on Instagram, which is probably very unlikely, you can follow me at Uncle Bria. I post about episodes on there and I also post polls about things on there, which tend to translate into subjects for the podcast. But I'll link all my socials in the description. This is a two-parter. Okay. Are you being paid for your work here? Mm-hmm. 
And then part two, will you be unionizing? (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, The answer is no, I'm not being paid for my work here. I think in order to be paid, this podcast would have to be making money. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm (laughs) not even paid to be working here, but if I ever became paid... I know you would give me a slice. I would give you a slice yeah. of the $3 yeah. in ad revenue that I would make from this podcast. You'd give me a nice, like, maybe 15%. 10 I, I mean, if we if we made $3, I would give you $1.50. Wow. If we made $1,000, mm-hmm. I would give you 200 Okay, pretty good. Is that good? Yeah, I'm okay, happy with cool. that. And then, uh, so yeah, no, I, I don't think at this point I'll be unionizing. I would support your unionizing. I'm not gonna, like, leave it off the table. I yeah. think anything's possible at this point. Yeah, I'll just say, if you want to unionize... Thank you. I won't have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. I'm pro-union. That you... There you have it, guys. Right? Right from my mouth. Mm -hmm. I'm pro-union. This podcast is a (laughs) pro-union podcast. I support all unions. I used to be a part of a union. The lifeguard union? I think it was a union. No, I was... I made that up. I I actually was a part of a union. When I worked at Humber, I was was a part of their union. So are lifeguards not part of a union? Um, I don't know. I was a city employee. Okay. I was like 16, so if I was a part of a union, I would have been a bad union member. Right. I probably was part of one, to be honest. I was probably part of the city union. That's what I always thought. Uh, They didn't really explain it to us. No. And... It's better to keep workers in the dark. Yes. that It's better for the exploiting class. (laughs) That's how they exploit you. (laughs) That's what the bourgeoisie want. Mm -hmm. They want to keep the proletariat in the dark. And then when the proletariat has an uprising and kills the bourgeoisie and eats them, it's because they've been enlightened. Mm-hmm. And that's communism. That's communism <laughs> in exactly. a nutshell. Just explained it to you. Case closed. There's probably no capitalists listening to this. I feel like by nature, everyone that listens to this, the audience is probably more communist than capitalist. I mean, who isn't these days? Yeah. Comment your affiliation. <laughs> I don't even think there's anywhere to comment. That was Ask Allegra Anything. I feel like doing a funky outro. We're trying new things. I kind of feel like a radio DJ, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's vintage. I do want to clarify a couple things because I get so distracted when I talk. I am the queen of tangents. I love tangents. I think tangents are underrepresented and undervalued. There's nothing that I love more than a story with a good tangent. But I realized what I was saying before was kind of depressing. I'm not saying that you're not reaching your potential. I'm not saying that you haven't found your Serena Williams thing. I'm just saying that I haven't. I don't want to push everyone who listens to this podcast into an existential spiral, so I wanted to clarify that. Also, I'm totally projecting and assuming that you're as bad at expressing your feelings as I am, which isn't fair. What I actually really meant was I think most women are really in touch with their feelings and able to express themselves, but this patriarchal society 
society calls us weak. It makes fun of us for being emotional, creates shame. And then when we try to express ourselves, we're so conditioned to go against those ways of expressing ourselves because we force ourselves to better meld into society. So I want a class that teaches us how to unlearn all of that. And then I also want a class that teaches men how to cry without making everything about themselves. I don't think that it's our job to unlearn these things for the sake of men. I think that they need to unlearn their inability to express their emotions in a healthy way. But I think it would be beneficial to me to unlearn those patriarchal notions of how I should express my emotions. Just wanted to dive into those two things a little deeper because I realized that I got distracted and didn't fully explain what I was thinking in both those cases. Also, now that I think of it, that powder, that third eye chakra powder that was being advertised to me on Instagram was definitely just like DMT or peyote. There's no way it's not drugs. Okay, thank you so much for listening again. I love you. Is that too forward to say? I don't know. I'm trying to communicate more. So I love you for listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you to Allegra for Ask Allegra Anything. Uh, Thank you to everyone who submitted questions. I really appreciate that. If you want to follow me on social media to have a bit of a say in what comes up in episodes, feel free to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'll link all my socials. Thank you to Lexa Graham who created the intro music for this podcast. And thank you to Erica Ehler who created the uh, podcast art for Sacral Energy. I'm also going to link them in the episode description. I have some fun ideas for episodes coming up, so I'm really excited to get those out and record those. I also have some ideas for guests in the future when it's safe to do so, obviously. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for rating. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing this podcast with friends. It all means so much to me. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Okay, bye.